This is season three, episode 11, covering week 10 of the 2023 NFL season. My name is Jeremy Dixon, uh, here as always with Mike Parker. Mike, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Good to be here, back on Zoom. Uh, I know we've told each other that this is going to be the last time, but we end up having last to do time. it anyway. Technical so difficulty. apparently you haven't you haven't gotten those def- technical difficulties fixed, from what I understand. No. We're what are we doing? Issues. What are we the doing audio, here? The audio interface, we're having some issues, man. Okay. So I'm working. Well, Hopefully by next week we're right. back in the mix. Right on. All right, looking forward to it. All right, well, let's talk about week 10, huh? Um, did you do any betting this week? You degenerate. Oh my God. Yes, Mike, I did. Um, Tell me about it. I had Buffalo at Buffalo minus seven and a half at versus Denver, uh, at home. Couldn't pull it off. Freaking lost on 12th man on the 12 men on the field on a missed field goal at the end of the game. Uh, just terrible. Uh, I did have Washington plus six and a half at Seattle, which uh, was a winner. And then I had Tennessee. Wonderful. Uh-huh. I just said wonderful. Yeah. And I'm giving I, I'm giving you congratulations. Yeah, I know it's, I know I need it's it. not I, common for you. Yeah. I need it every every chance I get because uh, this wasn't a good week for me. Uh, t- I had Tennessee plus one and a half at Tampa Bay. I was riding the Will Levis hype train that uh, was basically – I was the conductor and uh, every other member of that train by myself. That 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 train derailed and uh, blew it up did. in a toxic plume, didn't it? Yeah, it was like uh, what <laughs> East Palestine, Ohio, or Pennsylvania, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yep. So that was uh, yeah. So that's what that's what we're dealing with here. So All let's right, well, uh, let's move. Keep it moving, man. We're gonna go right into these games. Let, let's do it. Before we go into the games, we have buys this week. There are four of them. Got Kansas City, the Los Angeles Rams, Miami Dolphins, and uh, your Philadelphia Eagles. All right. First game of the week was Thursday uh, last week, and that was Carolina at Chicago. Um, this game, just on the surface, look, <laughs> I was not excited to watch this game. Um, there was two minutes of game highlight package um, when I when I went back and watched it. Two minutes of like there was a, a one yard loss throw to Adam Thielen and a punt that was downed on the one yard line. Those were the t- two lead like highlights of this game. So you can obviously <laughs> it yeah. didn't go very well. My notes for this game said uh, the best thing I can say about this game is there were no turnovers. Uh, return touchdown by Carolina, then kick, 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 touchdown by Deontay Foreman. Kick, game over, Carolina wins by three. There it is. So, oh, no, Bears won by three. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Okay, just checking. Yeah, All right. My bad. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, Carolina's not good. No. My advice to David Pepper, the owner, is to build that roster from the inside out. I think Bryce Young is good enough to be a top 12 quarterback in this league. Um, I think they're pretty weak both on the offensive and defensive fronts. They need a better receive. They need better receiving core, uh, a, a feature running back, perhaps. Um, I mean, pretty much the whole team, if you really think about it. Uh, the most important thing now is not winning. It's developing a strategy for their future, then executing on that strategy. Um, 
this this is going to take about two to three seasons to bear out. I, I I need Tepper to stop making these rash decisions, getting in the media. He needs to trust his management and put and and just trust them to make the right football decisions. Stay out of the draft. These guys spend their entire careers doing research on these guys to figure out who they're supposed to draft. They know what they want as a team. Let them execute on that. I I, I don't like how this team is run from the top down. Uh, some things need to, to kind of change um, in order for them to be successful. But I think they can do it if they if Tepper just stays out of it. That's kind of my take on this team just all up for this year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, Mike. All right, got my game ball. Dante Foreman, 92 all-purpose yards. Go ahead, TD, for uh, Chicago, as you mentioned before. So uh, good job by him this week. All right. From one bad game to another, we got Indianapolis at uh, Patriots. This game was in Germany. Um, you know, the NFL laid a couple of eggs the first two games this week. So um, wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, my spotlight this week is uh, the Patriots. Mac Jones is clearly not capable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's regressed substantially over the last three years. Um, a lot of swirling around conversation about like Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft parting ways. Um, I think this is the first time in roughly 30 years uh, that the future of this team is uncertain. So I think they need to fix some stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely uh, was not a great game. Um, I, my notes, Jonathan Taylor runs for a touchdown. Uh, the Mac Jones era is likely over in New England uh, after he throws a, a terrible interception on the one yard line in the fourth quarter. There's some there's some buzz out here about Mac uh, losing the locker room. They're like, they're eighty percent of that locker room apparently is out on Mac Jones uh, as as a starting quarterback for them as a player, somebody that can execute an offense or a play. That's Pretty interesting. Cool. Um, and yeah, he was replaced by Bailey Zappi, who tried to outdo Mac Jones by uh, doing a fake spike and throwing the ball into triple coverage uh, and was intercepted as well in the fourth quarter. So, uh, yeah, not a great day for uh, New England quarterbacks. <laughs> been a while since we uh, had to say that. I guess this year kind of it's been pretty bad uh, all the way around. I don't know what happened from that first year where he looked like he was his rookie year. He looked like he was good enough especially if you have a really good defense around him and a good running game and then nothing he just i don't know yeah I don't... to me he embodies like like southern like male white privilege he's like a dirty player he kind of has this like arrogance about him um and he's kind of failed up, it seems like his entire, you know, football career. So things might be catching up with him. Yeah. All right. My game ball, of course, you mentioned him earlier. Jonathan Taylor got a TD. I think the only TD in this game. Um, man, those poor uh, German fans. Uh, he also had 69 rushing yards. All right. To a more exciting game, uh, Houston at Cincinnati. Uh, this game was fun to watch. Two great quarterbacks just kind of going at it. 
Uh, it was a pretty disappointing uh, loss for Cincinnati and a loss for my uh, Super Bowl pick. It has uh, them at the bottom of the AFC North after both Pitt and Cleveland win in uh, this week. So they're not really in a position of, of power. They were second place in the AFC North uh, at the end of last week. Now they're fourth. This is how crazy that particular division is right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had, you know, CJ Stroud throws for 356 yards and a touchdown also has an interception, but runs for a second touchdown uh, and then leads his team down the field um, in a tie game uh, to set up his kicker to uh, kick the game winning field goal. Houston defense looks yeah. good. Gives up, they give up 350 yards passing to uh, Joe Burrow, but he also throws two interceptions and they held him to a 37.8 QBR. Mike, that was pretty surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, you mentioned this him team earlier. is up and coming, man. This team is up and coming for sure. Oh, Houston, definitely. They're in the playoffs right now, they are the seventh yeah. seed. Yeah, uh, my my game ball, as you mentioned earlier, uh, CJ Stroud, he did overcome an interception and two fumbles in this game um, to kind of bring them back in that last second. He's now second in passing yards, uh, 26 uh, with 2,609, 15 passing TDs and only two interceptions all year. So um, we're talking about right now him being probably the best rookie performance for a quarterback in NFL history mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dot 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 we'll have to see we're only you know 10 games in got quite a uh, quite a bit of football still to play and he could fall off a cliff but um, if he continues on this pace I, I think he's certainly in that conversation um, I wanted to say in my spotlight since he uh, I think their playoff chance uh, is going up in smoke Burrow looks sharp you know 347 uh passing two TDs. He did have two interceptions, one being just this egregious pass in the end zone. Um, despite the Cincinnati still had a chance kind of late in the game and when they needed a big play, um, actually just a catch rather, what didn't even really have to be a big play. Tyler Boyd dropped the ball in the end zone. Um, this changes the math. They ended up getting a field goal in that drive, but it changes the math, right? So instead of being up by four, uh, by Four, they're up by three, right? Or they're tied rather. And it gives the other team an opportunity to then have to go down and kick a field goal to win versus um, having to score that touchdown. Scoring that touchdown takes that uh, that percentage of winning up, you know, up a notch. So um, they were right there the entire game, just needed to make a couple of plays in order to make it happen. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Okay. New Orleans at Minnesota. Um, the legend of Josh, Josh Dobbs continues. Uh, Minnesota was in control of this game until about five minutes left of the third quarter. Derek Carr got injury, left the game. But fear not, uh, Jameis Winston is your backup. He comes in, throws two TDs uh, to pull New, New Orleans within six. Uh, but Jameis, he giveth and he taketh away. He threw uh, two interceptions late in the game to kind of level that out. Uh, yeah, my notes, uh, Josh Dobbs has a fantastic first half throwing uh, in the game. He threw for 268 yards and rushed for another 44, or sorry, threw for 300, 260 yards and a touchdown, rushed for another 44 and a second touchdown. Uh, 
really fun guy to watch, easy guy to root for. Um, David Carr leaves the game with a concussion and strained shoulder, or Derek Carr, sorry. Uh, Jameis Winston comes in and stinks up the place in the second half, throwing for two touchdowns with two interceptions. But he did make that that Chris Olave catch was something else, man. Uh, great, uh, great uh, toe drag swag on that one. That was uh, <clears throat> Chris Olave is something else, man. He's something special. He's the real deal for sure. Yeah. So I had Sorry, Josh Jobs, and, uh, and I had Alvin Kamara had a pretty good game as well. Okay, glad you got that in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Josh Dobbs gets my game ball this week. Uh, in addition to the stats that you had mentioned earlier, he threw a 68% uh, completion percentage. So, I mean, he's doing, he's doing all the little things. It seems um, it's like he has the answers to the test, you know, before, you know, he takes it. Um, you know, Kirk is a better thrower of the football, I think without question, but Dobbs adds an element to this offense that they haven't seen before. Uh, that's the uh, RPO. Um, the mere threat of the run um, has these defenses hesitating um, with with cousins at quarterback. They were throwing like 40 to 45 times a game and rushing about 10 or 15 times a game over the last couple of games. It's been much more balanced. Josh has about 34 uh, past attempts and um, and they're run. They're running uh, 33 rushes. That was this, the stats for this last game. 34 pass attempts for Dobbs and 33 rushes. Um, so definitely the the run pass balance is there. Um, RPOs are affecting defenses. Um, this goes into my spotlight kind of, and that is is Kevin O'Connell a good coach? I'm thinking yes. I kind of got that impression on that Netflix docs uh, quarterback. He's at, at, at the very least a very patient man. Um, there are some bonehead things that Kirk would do that he just kind of like, I know he wanted to strangle him, but he, he just kept his composure. Um, but he's been able to adapt and implement a new game plan based on the personnel. These, these quarterbacks couldn't be farther apart from their skill sets. And he seems to be man, you know, creating an offense um that works for both of them play action versus rpo um the the defense is really stepping up with um with flores at at, at the helm there so uh, they're they're continuing to have an upward trajectory so i'm really excited to see where this team lands they're six and four now they got a pretty easy schedule ahead of them um i do expect them to be in the playoffs this year probably the six or seven seed yeah i hope they are I like that. It's a good story. All right. Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Um, I'm really going to talk about Pittsburgh here for the most part. Um, they're six and three um, and currently second in the a uh, AFC North. They have a, a minus 26 point differential scoring potential uh, differential. Um, the teams that are either tied or lower than Pittsburgh in this statistic uh, Rams, Titans, Jets, uh, Falcons are at least a below a game below 500. So it's it's so crazy that their point differential is so uh, big, and they're six and three. So if you, anything to add on that, I, I have my I have, I have six points that I want to get to um, in my spotlight. Um, go ahead, go ahead and I'll, I'll just run through my notes afterwards. All right, cool. All right, so I kind of combined my spotlight and game ball here, 
And these are the six important uh, stats about that are defining Pittsburgh's season this year. And I got this off this great athletic article. Um, so turnover margin is the first uh, key stat. They're plus 10. That's first tied for first in the NFL. Um, they know how to cause turnovers. Their defense is tied for the most in the league at 18. And despite the statistical ineptitude of Pittsburgh's offense, they're good at protecting the ball. They don't give it up much. Um, second stat: defensive red zone efficiency. Uh, teams are only scoring on them forty point, scoring a touchdown on them forty point seven times um, uh, per uh, per uh, possession. This means that opposing offenses, um, I'm sorry, opposing offenses are scoring a TD about forty percent of the time in their uh, their possession. Um, Teams are amassing a lot of yards against this Pittsburgh defense. Uh, they're bending, not breaking. And they're also adding, um, they're, they're affecting this with a league leading five red zone interceptions. All right, next point, uh, opponents percentage of plays for zero or negative yards, 35.9%. This is fifth in the league. Uh, the pressure the pass rush is bringing is really affecting games. Um, no other real way to say that. Opposing quarterbacks in the league are eighth worst quarterback rate rankings at uh, 78 is their QBR, average QBR. Um, Chris Boswell, he's having a heck of a year. Uh, his field goal percentage right now is 94.4. He's out there like shooting free throws. Um, in a game of inches, every inch counts. Every point matters. Uh, the only field goal he missed was a 61-yard uh, uh, kick. And that was after that controversial offsides call against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it was lining up in a neutral zone or something. That helmet um, hit Twitter was they were it was a bad call. Um, Pittsburgh is running the ball better. And their first seven games, uh, Pitt was at the bottom of the league in rushing, uh, averaging about 80 yards per game. In the last two, however, um, they're third. They're the third best rushing team, averaging 185 yards per game uh, uh an increase of 100 yards per game is insane i wonder what they did to get that tightened up and then finally kenny's fourth quarter um his passer rating and completion percentage in the first three quarters are 76.2 and 59 uh, percent respectively but in the fourth quarter it hops up 101.5 uh passer rating and 69 percent completion that's one of the league's best in the fourth quarter um, Pitt's offense is plus 14 in fourth quarter of games this year. So this weird minus 26 point differential can be explained through these key key stats. I don't know how they're doing it. Um, WD40 little um, uh, uh, duct tape and they're beating teams. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So my notes, um, for this one, uh, pretty good offensive game, actually, in the first half, but the defenses locked everything down in the second half, only giving up four total field goals combined. Uh, Jordan Love's two interceptions seem to be the difference in this game with the, the, the turnovers there because uh, Pittsburgh did not turn the ball over, or if they did, it was maybe once. Uh, he threw for uh, – Jordan Love did throw for 286 yards and two touchdowns also, but uh, those two interceptions seem to be key. Um, Pittsburgh – you know, they went on rushing and defense, um, which is kind of one of the, that's been their trademark for I don't know how long. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I, I thought that, especially that uh, that in in zone interception uh, for Pittsburgh. You know, it was I think Patrick Peterson got a hand on it, kind of tipped it to his uh, his fellow defensive back, and they ended up getting the turning that over as uh, the Packers were going down the field and and looking to score. So. Um, those those are the type of plays that that keep them in the win column for sure. Yep. Yep. All right. right. Let's talk about that Tennessee at Tampa Bay. Um, as we spoke about before, it looks like uh, a couple weeks of film on Zalt took for Tampa Bay to figure out Will Levis. Uh, you know, I suppose it's the formula for most quarterbacks. It's just pressure, pressure, pressure. Tampa's defense sacked him three times. Um, they hit him thirteen. As a result, Tennessee just never was able to get their offense rolling. Yeah, um, I just had on my notes, big day for Mike Evans and the Tampa defense. Uh, Baker throws for 275, two touchdowns and an INT. Uh, Mike Evans, 140 and a touchdown. Uh, Tennessee's offense could not find any success. Will Levis, um, not great. Throws for 200 yards, or didn't he? Sorry, he threw for 199 and an interception. Uh, while Tennessee running backs combined for 42 yards rushing, so just got shut down in every, uh, you know, every aspect of the offensive game. So tough day for Tennessee. Yeah, um, I have uh, I put a spotlight on Baker today. Uh, it's over his last three games, <clears throat> he's thrown about 260 yards a game. And about a sixty above sixty percent uh, completion percentage. Um, he has six TDs and only one in, interception in those three games. Um, he did have an interception in this game. It was like third and fifteen at the fifty. He just took a shot at the end zone. Apparently, um, maybe it was a little aggressive in this scenario, but it was basically a punt. I'll give him a free pass on that one. Uh, but you know, like he's waiting for my approval. But um, yeah, he's looking really good over these last three games. Um, again, I'll say it, Cleveland, that you should have kept him, just got his shoulder healthy and 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 let him cook. Because as we'll as we'll talk about later, I think he's playing better than Deshaun Watson. Um, my game ball, um, I'm giving it to Mike Evans. He had 143 yards, uh, six receptions, and a TD. There's something about Mike Evans, like making these undersized quarterbacks that like to play off script, looked really good. Uh, as you may or may not know, he was uh, the wide receiver for Johnny Manziel and that Texas A&M team. And kind of they had that connection. And it seems that like Kim and Baker have that same connection. He did a, had a really good day. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, do you think Tampa Bay is regretting not signing him to an extension before the season? Um, If it they might have to overpay to keep him if he wants to stay. I think that's really the only thing that they're talking about, but I don't know. It's hard to say it. Was there any, um, was there any, uh, ire between the two? I don't know. I didn't, I haven't heard anything that they're, they were fighting. They just weren't, they weren't going to negotiate as they got closer to the start of the season. So it's hard to say if they're, if they're on good terms, you know, you can negotiate in good faith, maybe you overpay, you always overpay when you sign your own free agent. So, um, so we'll see. I think there's a chance, but I, I know a lot of teams will be jumping at it. All right, jumping at the opportunity. All right, San Francisco at 
Jacksonville. Uh, San Francisco is off the schneid this week uh, with a convincing win over the AFC South leading Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, my spotlight this week was um, Christian McCaffrey missed his chance at an 18th game with a touchdown. That streak is broken. Uh, he did not make it in the end zone this week. He'll, it's just him and Lenny Moore atop that uh, that apex mountain there. Um, and I'm going to game ball the San Francisco defensive line. Um, man, it looks like Chase Young is still good. He and Nick Bosa had Trevor Lawrence in a vice most of the game. The San Francisco defense is really a story here. Um, had five sacks for 28 yards, 10 QB hits, or four turnovers. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence was just under duress. Yep, I uh, my notes for this one, Brock Purdy and the 49ers are back. Uh, he throws for nearly 300 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, the 49ers defense made Jacksonville look silly. ATN could only muster 44 yards of total offense. And Trevor Lawrence gets 185 and two turn or two touch uh, interceptions. So all about the defense on this one. I thought Brock Purdy looked okay, a little stiff, maybe. Um he does he does do well standing up to pressure in his face. I think he hit that. Um, hit George Kittles on that long uh, touchdown pass. He had he had three people in his in his grill when he made that throw. So I give him a lot of uh, kudos for being able to stand in there and, and deliver those passes. All right, moving on to Cleveland at Baltimore. Um, this was actually a way better game than I ex I expected. I don't know what you were expecting. I was kind of thinking more like a rock fight versus a barn burner. Um, but, man, I wasn't disappointed um, in this game at all. Some big plays from Baltimore skill players, TDs by uh, Keaton Mitchell and Gus Edwards. Even Odell Beckham had a pass from Lamar that he caught for a touchdown. Um, you know, they were in striking distance kind of all day, or especially in that second half, they were right there uh, with them, but that kind of pick six that Cleveland uh, that Lamar threw kept, kept uh, Cleveland within that, uh, that three point, two point range. Rough go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I put, so my notes for this one, this was a great game. I put five minutes into the game. Looks like Baltimore is going to just walk away in a landslide. Kyle Hamilton returns that touchdown. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it when I when I was it was on red zone. Like right when I turned it on, I'm like, yeah, already no, they're too. down fourteen. <laughs> me too. I was just like, wait, what is happening? Uh, you know that Keaton Mitchell, who's a who's a huge surprise and exciting uh, exciting young player for Baltimore, uh, has a huge run for 39 yards, score another touchdown right before. Uh, Right before that five minute mark of the first half, um, so with eleven, why minutes, did he only have? Why did he only have three carries? Is was, is my question? Yeah, like they just stopped feeding him the ball. Like, what are you doing? Uh, so with eleven minutes thirty seconds left in the game, Baltimore scores up two touchdowns, uh, but then they decided to stop running the ball, and Lamar Jack Jackson throws a game tying interception with eight minutes to go. Hopkins misses this. This is so key, Mike that Dustin Hopkins came in, missed that extra point that would have tied the game. And at that point, you're just like, all right, this Baltimore has just done too much to win this game. Like, there's no way they're going to lose. 
uh, and, and most teams would be doomed by that, but they were able to come back and kick the uh, game-winning field goal as time expired. And I have a little note yeah, so, on uh, game-winning field goals uh, a little later in, in the show. Awesome. Can't wait to hear that. So this kind of transitions well into my spotlight, and that's Deshaun Watson. He looked average again, 59% passing uh, on this day, 213 and a pick. Um, there was – we did see the old uh, Watson for about 15 minutes today. Um, had a great fourth quarter leading Cleveland to a couple of scoring drives, including the game-winning field goal, as, as you had mentioned earlier. Um, he was running around, making plays, moving the chain. He had a couple of good decisions, good throws. He probably did suffer a season. Probably as good as he's looked since uh, exactly. coming back, yeah. I was like, who is this guy? Um, he did suffer a season-ending shoulder injury on a qu- quarterback run. He did stay in the game. He finished the game. It did look – once I knew about it, I started – why is he still there? And when he would hand the ball off with his right hand, you could tell he was just trying to keep it out of, out of the way. So it was uh, – I don't know. I, I think they would have – Again, Cleveland getting rid of a quarterback too soon and then bringing this guy in. I don't I don't understand. I think Baker would have been a better choice for them this year. I think if they hold on to Josh, Josh Dobbs in this scenario, they they maybe they can sneak out a couple of the of the losses, sneak out wins from those uh, losses that into wins that, that they had earlier this season where they couldn't generate any offense um, like against Seattle, for example. Um my game ball in this case uh, is going to go to Dustin Hopkins. Um, it's really odd for a team who only has three touchdowns to score 33 points. So the remaining of those points obviously come from this uh, Hopkins. He has was four for four on field goals today, including that game winner, and one for two in extra points. So good job by him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can't give a game ball to somebody who on the losing team, unless it's just such an amazing performance. So um, that's why I chose Dustin. I'm sure, you know, you put Lamar in there, maybe, although you don't with two interceptions, he had a pretty bad day. Um, Odell had a decent day, you know, all sorts of stuff like that, but we'll give it to, we'll give it to the kicker today. Any other notes on this game? No, no. All right. Moving on to Atlanta at Arizona. Arizona gets their second win of the year. Uh, Atlanta's a hard team to judge for me. Um, there's all th- the problem that they have in their loss is different. Like every week, they're up and down week to week, game to game. Sometimes even within the game, like they were this week, um, they look pretty good in the first half. They were leading fourteen to twelve. They were sharp. Um, then right after that, starting in the in the second half, it was punt, punt field goal punt turnover on downs until they finally scored a touchdown with two and a half uh, minutes left in the game. Uh, they had ended up taking the lead at that point. So I, I, I don't know what this team is. Um, I, I don't know what they're good at and I don't know how to fix it. So. Yeah. My notes on this one, I actually forgot Kyler Murray was coming back. Um, I thought, I thought uh, Atlanta was going to walk away with this one. Uh and even if it, with him there, I thought Atlanta was going to win. But uh, Kyler Murray's back from his ACL is what my notes were, throwing for 250 and a pick, but also ran for 30 and, and got another touchdown. Um, had had some night – like, he looked he looked electric out there. I mean, I still can't get he's, it out of my – He's fast. He's yeah. so athletic. 
I just it, still just his out burst of, of speed. The meme of the the toddler running away from the dad with uh, holding his cell phone is what all I can see when I see him uh, scrambling. But it is pretty. It is pretty funny. Like his his style of running is very, I don't know, um, tight. I guess I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, but they did have that. They path. had that. Yeah, they had that roof cam uh, on him. The one that that's in. Um, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, like where it basically fixates on the player's helmet. So the body's moving around and it just, it was on that scramble in that fourth quarter. Um, well, let's get to it. I guess Kyler's my, gets my game ball. Like you said, he it's 355 days. He had an ACL tear since he's been playing. Um, again, not a huge day, but I mean, what do we expect? Um he did have a, a rushing touchdown uh, today. The final drive had an amazing scramble for a first down, the one that I just mentioned, and a deep pass to uh, tight end McBride to set up that game-winning field goal. Um, so I'm excited. They might be exciting to watch, at least. I don't know if they win or go anywhere with it, um, but he's fun to watch, um, hopefully with this offensive coordinator and coach, that he can uh, maybe make a pass over the center of the field or something like that. Get him, in, you know, move him out a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how they use him. Yeah, yeah. So to finish up my notes, um, Taylor Heineke hurt his hamstring late in the game and was replaced by Desmond Ritter, um, who ran in a touchdown to put Atlanta up late. But Kyler Murray, like you mentioned, return, you know, drives him back down the field with that great uh, scramble. Uh, for a first down and gets his team in field goal position for a last second game winning field goal by Matt Prater. Awesome. All right. At my spotlight, I just wanted to call Bijan finally back in the mix. Um, he was the big, biggest part of the Atlanta offense Had um, had 22 rushes for 95 yards uh, and a touchdown and another added another 11 uh, in receiving. So good job by him this week. All right. So this was a pretty crazy game. Uh, this is Detroit at the Las, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this game was pretty frenetic, but it was fun. It was all over the red zone, obviously. Uh, these offenses scored a total of uh, 79 points in 60 minutes of play. I just felt, you know, it's that's a point, point, 1.3 points a minute of game time. That's pretty crazy. Um, I that's think good. both these off, <laughs> I think both of these offenses are good. They're uh, number six and number seven in points per game. Uh, Detroit's at a 26.8, uh, Chargers at 26.6. Uh, but it's unclear to me if these defenses can stand up to the pressure of the playoffs. Things start to tighten up as you um, as you play better teams in the playoffs. So um, they're a really good team, Detroit. But I'm just not sure whether their defense is up to the challenge. And for me, the, the Chargers have too much variation in their play week to week, whether it's their defense or their offense can't, you know, they, they can't run the ball. The receivers are dropping. Uh, I, I would like to see some, you know, uh, some more consistency with them. You know, they should, I just think that the Chargers in general should be better. They have a top seven quarterback and supposed defensive genius as a head coach. They're just, they're not cutting the mustard. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what is going on with this team. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my notes for this one, uh, the game is, like you said, game is crazy uh, with both quarterbacks going over 320 yards. Uh, Goff throws for two touchdowns while Herbert throws for four and an interception. 
Um, Detroit running game was going crazy as well with Jameer Gibbs getting in the end zone twice and David Montgomery adding a third touchdown. Uh, yeah, the Detroit running game got my game ball 300 yards for as a team in rushing. So yeah, they, they, uh, were, yeah. they were unbelievable. Uh, they showed up for sure. Um, and then another walk-off field goal for Detroit kicker Riley Patterson. Good job. All right, my spotlight, last thing here, uh, Justin Herbert with 323, four TDs. That's just a crazy stat line. And then Keenan Allen had 175 receiving yards and two touchdowns. There was, uh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast earlier this week, and he had mentioned this was like a quintessential Keenan Allen game. He went over 100 yards, had a couple of touchdowns, went into the blue tent twice, walked off the field and came back. And that's just, I was laughing when I said that. It's so funny oh, that that is, that, so that is definitely, that is definitely a part of the Keenan Allen experience. So true. So true. Um, yeah. <laughs> good, good one, though, for sure. All right. Uh, New York Giants at Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas sweeps the season series against the Giants. Uh, they beat them twice this year, sc- scoring a total of 89 points in those two games. That's just bonkers. Um, I put a spotlight on Brandon Cooks. There's really nothing. I think the only cool thing to spotlight about the Giants is their backup quarterback, Tommy DeVito, is the name of uh, uh, Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas. And I don't think that's a coincidence either. I think this kid's like from New Jersey or something like that. And uh, my saw, guess is his dad him. is a fan of that sh- of that movie. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that was his name. For I knew, I mean, I knew his name was Tommy. I didn't realize it was DeVito. Though. Um, the I mean the character Joe Pesci's character, but I saw um a thing on like ESPN's Instagram page or something. They showed a clip of him, or not a clip, but a quote from him saying like I yeah I still I still live at home like I'm it's great I want chicken cutlets my mom makes me chicken cutlets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was laughing my ass off. It was so good. So such um, an Italian, uh, such an Italian response, right? hundred percent. hundred percent. My notes for this one, uh, Mike's favorite quarterback, uh, Rain Prescott goes for five touchdowns, four passing and one rushing. Uh, Dallas is ahead 28, zero at halftime and 42, seven going into the fourth quarter before giving up 10 points in garbage time. Uh, truly a dominating performance by Dallas on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're one of they're for sure one of the three best teams in my book in the NFC hands down. Uh, All right, let, let 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 let's talk about the the Dak Prescott thing here. He has my game ball this week. All right, okay. um, I have to give Rain his flowers when he deserves it. He was seventy five percent completion percentage on thirty five attempts in this game, four hundred four and four TDs. But I will say he couldn't help himself. He had to throw that pick. So. He had a great game. There's no question. It's against a bad team. We'll see what Dak we get when he plays against better teams. We all kind of all know. All right. I just wanted to like circle back on Dak before we got too far away from uh, from that conversation. All right. What 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 were you saying? Well, my last line. You just cut me off. Like right when I was I was heating up, Mike. My next line, the last line I had written down is Danny DeVito's son couldn't get it done for the Giants, and this team. Oh man, seems to be in total was- disarray. <laughs> I stepped on the punchline. Cut my legs off. I stepped on the punchline. My bad. All right, we got to get better. It's just damn Zoom. I I don't know what to do. All right. So um, I'm going to spotlight real quick uh, Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb. uh, Both eight in this game for sure. Each over 150 yards and they each scored a touchdown. So 
Um, CeeDee Lamb is making a case for being a number one, um, you know, but we'll see. We'll see if he can keep this up, uh, but he is definitely having a good year. Agreed. All righty. Um, Washington at Seattle. And I kind of like pause for a moment because I'm, I'm still processing how I feel about this game. Um, I'm not sure what Seattle – I'm not sure they were supposed to win this game. Um, play it nine times or nine more times, and I think that uh, Seattle defense, the way they looked, um, they're losing nine times. Um, from my opinion, this is a great – what we call a 2020 performance uh, for the Seattle offense and Geno Smith. They moved the ball well between those 20s, um, but didn't do much outside of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my notes, you know, Seattle's offense looked so predictable in the first half. Um, that's a good, that's a good adjective, predictable. Yeah, they just, it's like run the ball up the middle, run the ball up the middle, try to pass on third and seven and get stopped. Um, you know, I really like Sam Howell, Mike. I don't know if he's an elite quarterback, but I think he is – a definitely a serviceable guy. He's going to, he can get you to the playoffs. He can win a playoff game or two. Don't know if he's the guy to put you over the top, but you know, he has another 300 yard passing day with three touchdowns and no interception. He did have the one fumble leads the league in passing. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, did do? have the one phone. I mean, he, he feels very Kirk cousin esque to me. I don't think, I don't think he, throws the ball is naturally as Kirk Cousins. When Kirk Cousins hits that play action, back foot hits, you know, five, seven yards back and lets it fling over the middle, it's it's just a pure ball. And I don't see that in Sam Howe, um, but he has something. It's like a grit that uh, – and he has a good arm. There's no question. Um but I, I think he ta- he takes a lot of hits. <laughs> he had a fumble today because he, he wouldn't secure the ball when he got flipped over. Probably trying to take on, uh, you know, defensive backs a little too much. Um, you got to be careful of those guys that have that gene that um, a Baker has it a little bit where they just try to do too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the rest of my notes, Seattle goes ahead by seven, two different times in the fourth quarter, but immediately gets up the lead both times before Gino makes some big plays to get the Seahawks in field goal range for a walk-off Jason Myers field goal. Um, Yeah. uh, Robinson has a combined 158 yards um, and the first touchdown of the game, which was on a long screen pass down the sideline. Uh, Gino breaks his uh, four week streak of turning the ball over twice, throwing for a career high 369 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So the screen pass is real nice. He kind of um, moved out to his right and, and let uh, Kenneth Walker clear uh, the end and then kind of just sidearmed it out there. It was a really good play. And also the, the pass that he, uh, the touchdown pass that he threw to, um, to uh tyler lockett was was a dime so those two plays two touchdowns pretty much summarized that game um he's gonna get my game ball i think um i'm gonna give it to gino with a shout out to kenneth walker who had a combined um 120 all-purpose yards and a touchdown but gino again 
Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I, I just wonder why we're having Geno Smith throw the ball 47 times. Um, it doesn't, I don't know. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think we need to get back to some balance. Um, Kenneth and uh, Charbonnet are, are fine runners. <laughs> and yeah, no, they, they should, yeah, they, it should be like a thunder and lightning type thing, man. Like, I don't know what yeah. the hell they're doing. Well, they'll have to figure it out at some point, I guess. I do have a spotlight I want to discuss, and that's Riverboat Ron. Um, he had two opportunities in this game in the fourth quarter uh, to go for two, kind of stay ahead I, Seattle. Mike, when they scored that last touchdown, I was like, he's going to go for two. He's got to go for nope. two right here. Couldn't not Riverboat. I could not believe they kicked that extra point. I think he's doing his team a disservice. He made this same decision um, in Philadelphia earlier this year. His team was playing Philly very, very uh, well. Um, you know, it's hard to play on the road, and when you when you are at a position where you you're one um, two point conversion away from winning that game, you have to take that opportunity. Um, and he's not doing it. What ended up happening in that game is they went in for the, uh, the, the extra point, tied the game, went into overtime, and then lost in overtime. And this is what happened here. Now, perhaps if they go for two and, and get up because it was that was to tie, this, to, to tie the game, and there still was like two minutes left. So there's still an opportunity uh, for his offense to get out there and give it a go. But I, or, or for the Seattle offense to give it a go. So I think if you – and a field goal would have won. But I, I think, you again, you're in a hostile environment. You are playing a team a lot tougher than they expect. That team is not playing very well offensively. Let's take the opportunity to get points on the board, get up by one, and then trust in your defense to, to, to stop them. So I don't, I don't see that he has a lot of faith in his either offense or defense – or is just really not trying to make any take any risks. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. All right, so um, New York Jets at Las Vegas. Uh, these teams are moving in oper- opposite directions. Uh, I feel like I watched the Jets give up uh, in that game. Um, they just have no no juice at all. Um, Garrett Wilson just looks dejected out there. Uh, Conversely, Las Vegas is really fired up to be playing football. Um, not that they're good at it yet, but they're at least excited. Yeah. Um, my notes, seven combined field goals and one touchdown by Aiden O'Connell to Michael Mayer. Uh, just an yep. ugly game all around. Uh, the Zach attack led the team in both uh, passing and rushing for the Jets again. Uh, at least this time he did throw for 263 yards and rushed for a little over 50, but Zach I watched was, the game. I don't know how he threw for 263. I, I, I felt the same way, Mike. I was shocked when I saw those numbers. Um, I was Zach like, it, Wilson, it has to be like 170, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I thought too. Zach Wilson, you know, not a good quarterback, Mike. I'm I'm here to admit it, but he is tough. You, you know, you know who He's brought that up when the- we were watching the game is, uh, is Angie. She's like, how is, how is Jeremy doing with his uh, Zach Wilson takes? Tell her thanks. And <laughs> she does. She does remember some of the things we asked about. I do think right. Zach Wilson is tough as hell, though. Like he does stand in there and take some shots. 
probably unnecessary. But he doesn't have to. He I know, unnecessarily. To. I just said it. And then uh, Josh Jacobs, <laughs> I'm sure, is probably getting your game ball. Goes for over uh, 110 yards rushing this week and uh yeah hard run but i'm gonna go a step further i'm gonna just put my game all goes to the new start um sometimes huh who'd your game ball go to a new start like las vegas really kind of wiping the slate clean sometimes a change of scenery can make all the difference um i don't know exactly what happened with josh mcdaniels at the end there it sounds like it was a horrible situation i'm not sure what this like his whole vibe with the team but it it just got really ugly really fast um my guess is stuff will trickle out over the next couple of years of how bad it really was um but this team seems energized and i think this uh decision to fire um the president uh, general manager and um, head coach to really kind of reset this. Um, also, shout out to um, to Mark as the owner for he has in those three positions: president, um, uh, general manager, and head coach. All um, they're they're all black, and that's very unusual for an NFL team to have that amount of diversity. At those be, at those positions, I think that might be the first time. I thought you were going to give him a shout out for uh, getting a haircut, but that's a, a better shout out for him. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, his haircut's irrelevant <laughs> to me, I suppose. Uh, but um, yeah, and and his president's a woman, so another another. Um, I like to see the whole idea, like because you didn't play football, you can't be on a team, you can't be a scout, you can't be an so offensive stupid. yeah and it's just like there's a lot of people that didn't actually play the sport that for somehow they managed to be successful at coaching or any of the uh, uh, just being a gm for example right you have to you have to identify talent and then that's half your job the other half of your job is like making sure your decisions don't kill your cap yeah. so i mean those types of decisions can be made by all sorts of people regardless of gender regardless of color so this was, uh, I think, a big thing, and I hope Mark kind of starts this as a trend in the NFL, a little diversity in there. Yeah, to your point, man, I'm, I'm actually uh, – to your point about the Raiders, you know, and their new start, I'm really looking forward to seeing that Miami uh, Raiders game this weekend because, you know, Miami loses to all the good teams they play and they beat all the shitty teams they play, but I think the Raiders are kind of in the middle there, and if they can – yeah, I just – I want to see how this game plays out this weekend. Right on. All oh, right. This last one makes me want to. All right. Den- <laughs> so I was thinking of you the whole time while this game was on. And um, I've been saying all year that Russell Wilson is not the problem. And it's, it's bearing, uh, it's bearing out to be true. It's not Russell Wilson's problem. They're on a three game winning streak um, this was perhaps the worst game we've seen from Josh Allen this season. Um, it's funny, like I mentioned his name and Angie just goes, YOLO Josh Allen, just like screams it out. And it's kind of like a, something that we say in this house all the time now. Uh, oh, it's YOLO Josh Allen. <laughs> he did come out uh, in this game. I think he had three turnovers, uh, two two picks and a fumble. Um, I'm not ruling Buffalo out for making the playoffs by any stretch, but 
they have one of the toughest schedules moving forward. Um, I think in three weeks in a row, they're at Philly, at Kansas City, and then they play Dallas at home. Then they finish up with the Chargers. Who knows what team you're going to get? Um, and it, uh, and two conference games against New England, and and then they're down at Miami to, to finish up the season. That's not an easy schedule. And they're uh, what are they five and five right now? My guess is they lose at least two of the Philly, KC, Dallas games. Uh, and I think that's going to put them underwater from being able to make the playoffs. Uh, they're probably my biggest disappointment this year. I agree. I, I really agree. Uh, my <laughs> notes for the game, um, which is probably going to be the the title of this podcast, uh, is Russell Wilson good at football again? Um, he did. You know, they win the game three in a row, like you mentioned. Uh, my favorite part, though, Mike, actually my least favorite, I don't know. I got goosebumps after the game when uh, whoever the sideline reporter was interviewing him on the field, um, you know, he's back to his old ways, using ev- about every uh, cliche in the book in his post-game interview. Just fabulous, man. He was, <laughs> he was built for this. Uh, somehow Buffalo blows this game and had every opportunity to win it. 12 men on the field on Will Lutz missed field goal. Uh before walking it off on the very next play. Ken Dorsey gets fired uh, and seems like a real scapegoat in this situation. Um, I'm sure he'll probably land on his feet somewhere, but uh, Russ doesn't even throw for 200 yards, but adds another 30 rushing and he threw for two touchdowns. And I feel like that Cortland Sutton, I think he fumbled at the end of that on that fourth. Or, he uh, did. Yeah. Quarter that they didn't, they called it him down, but. Uh, meanwhile, Josh Allen doesn't even throw for 180 yards and has one touchdown passing, one touchdown rushing, and um, those those uh, turnovers that you had already mentioned. So, uh, tough game. Tough game for Buffalo to swallow, man. I thought this was a no-brainer that uh, Buffalo is going to win by, you know, eight points at home. So, obviously, that was not correct. I, for- I, forget, what I, was, I forget what I was doing on Monday, um, but I watched, like, three quarters of this game and then kind of stepped away towards the end when all the kind of chaos happened. Um, so I, I, I went back and rewatched it several times just to get an idea of kind of like the, the, the energy of, of the, cause they were in Buffalo, the energy and kind of like when that, when that Will Lutz field goal went through, it was just like deflating those, that fan base. My, so on top of when he, when he missed the field goal first, I, about jumped out of my seat i was so happy and then i was like they're like flags on the play i'm like no i felt probably about as bad as every uh fan in the stands did at that point now i think you mentioned this um but uh russell's 30 rushing yards i think the one of the things that is prime russell is moving out of the pocket you know, being able, using his legs and his athleticism to extend the play, to move the sticks. Um, and he, and he's been doing that these last three, I don't know what, um, Peyton, his coach has said to him, Sean Peyton, to get him motivated, um, to play like this, but this, this is exactly what he did not want to do for Seattle. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm getting hurt. Now he's back doing it. And this is his thing. It's this, and it's throwing a deep ball. Those are his superpowers. He did both of those things in this game, including that 
PI call on an, it was a bit of an underthrown ball. I wonder if he underthrows it on purpose. Hey, I'm just going to put it up there. I'm going to underthrow it, give Judy an opportunity to make a play. If not, we get a PI. Um, but I'll give him credit for it in this game. Well, uh, it that, was that, weird. Let me just say real quick. So that, that third down, uh, Buffalo just lights him up and gets get. And it's, it was funny because the announcers, I don't know if it was Chris Collinsworth or uh, Al Michaels are like, can't take a sack here. And Buffalo's showing an all out blitz get takes the sack, knocks them out of field goal range. And then the next play, they Monday, lined Monday, up Monday, almost, Monday nights, Buck and uh, Aikman, dude. Okay. Then Buck and Aikman, my bad, whoever, but they, anyway, somebody said you can't take a sack here. I think it must, it must've been Troy Aikman. Then. Anyway, he, uh, and then the very next play, he does that. He gets that, barely gets the ball off, but just lobs it up. Yep. And it, yeah, it was worked well for him. <laughs> well, we we should note it is weird. 193 passing yards is definitely not uh, does not make a, a good passing day. But his his touchdowns are there. He's getting he's getting the ball in the end zone, which is great. I will say he did uh, have a completion percentage of 83, percent which is bonkers so he was efficient with with throwing the ball got the two touchdowns he ran to make some plays uh he gets my game ball i'm gonna put a spotlight on the denver defense Uh, they're having a bit of a resurgence these last three games um uh, and this game they forced uh four turnovers it's really hard to beat a team in the nfl if you turn the ball over four times absolutely all right, man, that wraps up season uh, or uh, uh, week uh, 10, doesn't it? Yep, we're done. Moving on. All... Looking forward here. Yeah, just kind of looking at the list here. I didn't make any bets this week. I'll get back to it um, <clears throat> starting this week uh, as I, I'll start digging in and seeing kind of what the numbers look like and figure out where I can find some value. I haven't even looked in um, – FanDuel or anything lately so uh we'll 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 get back to it but I'm there's some really good there's a great uh, Thursday night game this week uh Bengals at Ravens uh I think this is probably let me ask you the question more important for the Bengals or for the Ravens this game yeah maybe 55 45 Bengals okay I would put a little bit higher percentage on the Bengals just because a loss here they're going to be five and five. They're going to be a, a long way down that uh, that list of um, of candidates to get into the playoffs. They they might still be able to sneak into that six seven spot, um, but you know that that's it's going to be really tough if they lose this game. Two losses to the same team in your division really tough to overcome. Absolutely. So hopefully they can split this. All right, my next game I think is uh, pretty exciting. Again, let's go back to the AFC North. It's the Steelers at Browns. Both of these teams playing out of their mind, out crazy defenses. I'm going to give the edge to the to the Cleveland defense in this case, but they have a backup quarterback, PJ Walker, who loves loves to wrap that ball up and give it, you know, out to the other team for Christmas. So there, I, I don't. Cleveland yeah. announced today that they're going to start uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. So. Another great idea by that, <laughs> by that yeah. franchise. Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll see how that goes, I guess. <clears throat> yep. And so, then uh, um, I'm sure your third game is probably Philly at Kansas City, right? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the Monday night game. I'll definitely be tuning in for that. That's going to be exciting. Kind of a rematch. They always say rematch of the Super Bowl. It never really is. Right. Um, this is. I think this has only happened. Um, what it? What was? It was like seven times where the teams that met in the Super Bowl played the next year, um, and most of the time, the team that lost the Super Bowl from the previous year wins the rematch. If that all makes sense, it's kind of a weird stat, a weird, weird thing to say, but that's it. So our prediction, at least according to those those tables, would be uh, Eagles win this game, right? Yeah. Yep, I guess so. And that's probably who I would pick if I had to bet or if I was gonna bet on it. Um my the only is that the end of your three games, or I mean, do you have more than that? No, I think um I was I was really excited about how fun the games were this this week even the ones that appeared to be bad um there's some outliers of course but for the most part the games were fun to watch and they had some crazy things happen um i don't see a lot of these matchups where i go wow that's gonna be crazy but if 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 we continue to have games like we did this week next week i'm excited at kind of the prospect of this like vikings broncos let's see what that we got seahawks rams a rematch of the, the first game of the season jets bills divisional game um we got buccaneers going to san francisco i mean are they going to kill uh, baker mayfield there texans um uh cardinals at texans can kyler uh improve week to week with that with how he's playing can can cj stroud kind of take advantage of this um carolina or uh, cardinals defense i mean there's all sorts of things that would be interesting interesting um i don't know uh it, it there's interesting things to watch in each one of these games storylines yeah, there, there are a lot of there is a lot of uh in, there are a lot of games that have interesting subplots to them for sure um, and I like so with you, I had Cincinnati, Baltimore and Philly, Kansas City. But my third game that I uh, kind of singled out was I'm really interested to see Minnesota and Denver that you kind of mentioned there in, in passing. Uh, you know, I, I just want to see what Josh Dobbs can do. I want to see how that Denver defense continues to improve or if they do and and, you know, see Russell Wilson and what he's doing. I was thinking about trying to find if, if I can find like a Minnesota Vikings shirt that I like. I used to have like back in the day, I had um, the purple t-shirt with the Minnesota Vikings helmet on it. Just like your basic E. I had this back when I was in high school, like 1990, whatever. And um, I, I really missed that shirt all of a sudden. Mike, I might go, go out there and get, get something maybe like that Kirk Cousins uh, t-shirt that they were wearing the other day that was fun that was very cool so all right so you're uh you're not making any bets this week I have a few um I'm taking Seattle minus one at the Rams um I just feel like I know Matt Stafford I think is going to be back this week but what's the line on that it's minus one Uh, let me restate what what's the payout on that it's just minus 110 Minus one ten, okay. Uh, and then, so you know, I just want to see what. I mean, I, I feel like Seattle probably should win this game, especially after losing that first one. I mean, if they lose this game, I think that they're they're starting to put their playoff chances in jeopardy. So they, this is kind of a must win for Seattle. Uh, second game uh, after I heard that uh, Deshaun Watson's out, Dorian Thompson Robinson's playing. Uh, pick 
Pittsburgh plus one at Cleveland. And that, I mean, maybe that line has changed at this point, but where I saw it at. Wouldn't you like to parlay that? Wouldn't you just like to say, I'm going to go, I want, you know, Steelers by whatever. I want a Steelers sack and a Dorian fumble. Yeah. Wouldn't that be just an awesome parlay to throw together? That would be a good same same game parlay. Dude, we have to figure out where we can kind of do this, where I can create these parlays and I can really do the betting that I want to do. There's people that are out there doing this. I don't know how. They got maybe. Do I have to know somebody at FanDuel? Um, but I, I just the, these these parlay creators or whatever that they have just don't cut the mustard, man. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and then my third game is I uh, like the Chargers and that offense minus three at Green Bay, which is crazy. I'm taking three. Uh, I'm taking three or two of the three games I'm taking are road favorites and one of and they're all three road games. So, um, but yeah, I, the, those are my three uh, Charger. I almost said Clippers Chargers at uh, Green Bay. <laughs> Chargers minus three at Green Bay. All right. All right. Do you have anything for take quarter? I did. Um, Let's run it. My take corner is uh, offenses are not thriving right now, Mike, as a, on a, on a larger scale Uh, games are being played so closely. Um, I really think that kickers have never been more important um, in the NFL. And this, this week kind of, held true to that where there was five walk-off game-winning field goals, um, which is the most in one day in NFL history. The previous nice. high was three. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, Cleveland over Baltimore, Houston over Cincinnati, Arizona over Atlanta, Detroit over uh, the Chargers, and Seattle over Washington. Pretty bonkers week. I think that adds to that. What, what I was saying about this this last week in the games is that it was exciting. These games did come down to these last second um, uh, scenarios. So um, they're fun to watch. Uh, I mean, unless you're on the back end of those as a fan, you, you don't want to be on the losing end of that. That gets becomes frustrating and stuff. But just as a, you know, an outside observer watching a game and wanting to see good football. Uh, they definitely delivered this week. You know, I jumped, I jumped your uh, question of the day. So why don't we circle back to that? I got a small take on the take corner it, and uh, we can, we can clean that up there. So what was your question of the week, bud? So my question of the week um, is it, it was kind of a national, like I saw it on a ESPN, a couple of different places. And, um, Everybody's talking of it. So CJ Stroud's all the the buzz right now. And the big thing is, is he, could he possibly win the MVP award? Is he the best quarterback in football right now? Ooh. So I think those are two questions. I are uh, two, two answers, two questions. Um, CJ Stroud can most definitely win the MVP. He's plus 2000 right now. Um, that puts him um, six. We got Patrick Mahomes is your favorite uh, at plus 270. Uh, Jalen Hurts, three to one. Um, Tua is plus 550. Lamar is plus 550. Joe Burrow, uh, plus 1700. Those are, the, those are the, the people in front of them. I would actually have 
switch uh, Burrow and CJ in this case. Um, but yeah, I think he definitely has an op- uh, a chance to be a, an MVP if he continues on, you know, what he's doing right now. Those, the fact that he's not turning the ball over uh, is insane. 15 touchdowns. That's quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, what's that projected over the next seven games, right? So seven times one and a half. I mean, what are we talking about? 10 more touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty, it's a pretty great uh, season for sure. Um, is he the best quarterback in the league? Um, I'll say no, cause he's young, but um, I think it's still Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I think that's by a long shot. Um, despite Josh Allen, I still think him, Joe Burrow uh, are in that, but, is he top 10 right now um, as a quarterback? Yeah, maybe. I think so. I'll have to take, take a look at the, the the full list. I mean, I think I put I pick him over Dak, Jared, Trevor, Brock, um, probably over Josh Allen right now if I'm ranking them uh, today and based on the this year's performance and kind of not what I expect them to do, like what they are actually are doing. Um I think Patrick's still at the top there. He's doing a lot with very little from an offensive uh, skill position perspective. So um, he's still kind of, I'm leaning his direction, but yeah, it's very interesting. I'm, it's a lot of fun watching CJ Stroud. I was thinking about it the other day, um, him being a quarterback at the Ohio state and how that um, is just blowing my mind that he's good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty impressive. So Joe Burrow had to leave Ohio State to become good. All right. Um, so back to my take corner. You know, they they do those drone shots of the city um, when they're at location. Uh, this week for the uh, Sunday night game, it was uh, they were in Las Vegas and they were doing like that drone shot or whatever helicopter shot over the top of the sphere that that uh, las vegas sphere yeah that's it, it's owned by that guy who owns the knicks right i guess um oh, it's yeah. some sort of um uh venue for music or whatever and it has like screens on the inside and outside it's it's just a bonkers creation but on the top of it you know how else they have those like red blinking lights on the top of buildings just so that like, planes don't crash into them and stuff and i was like you know, there's a little red dot on the top of the sphere. I'm like, this whole thing is made of lights. Why do they need the red, the red blinking light? And I thought I just kind of had a like a Make laugh sure about planes it. Don't light. How you miss? How do you miss the uh, the sphere though? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. But I, I, I get it. It's probably one of those like emergency lights that never lose power. They just blink even, you know, if the grid's down or something. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it's we're, probably we're, it's it's probably like a must have or something. Like a, it's probably mandated. Yeah, funny, funny little like observation as I was watching that. I'm like, huh, that's weird. Okay, all right. Anything else for take corner from you? I know we kind of bounce back and forth. No, no, that was all I had. All right, uh, let's uh, roll on to diversity. Um, what do you got? So my diversity. Uh, I started watching, uh, there's a new Taylor Sheridan show. Um, we, we've talked about, uh, the lion, uh, special ops lioness show that he brought out. He's he's known for Yellowstone, the Sicario movies. Uh, he had a few, he had a really good run of movies actually. Um, and I'm blanking on the names of them, but he, uh, they introduced wind river, wind river and, uh, 
I wanted to say No Country for Old Men, but it's the it's not that. It's a bank robbing movie with uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, the guy that played Captain Kirk. Anyway, um, uh, but he put out a new show. Yeah, Chris Pine. He put out a show called uh, Lawman Bass Reeves this uh, a couple weeks ago that I, I caught up on a few episodes of. And uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting, man. It's a, it's a, it's a Western movie set in like late 1800s um, kind of follows this Bass Reeves. who's a real life uh, character, you know, he's, it's a real person uh, who lived back then who escaped slavery, um, fought in the war in the civil war. And uh, you know, I've seen this. Is it on Amazon prime? No, it's on um, Paramount plus. And um, I thought I saw it somewhere else. Uh, maybe it's somewhere else too, but yeah, it probably was advertised on Amazon. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe. But they, uh, yeah, he's they. They think that his character, that this person, this real life person, Bass Reeves, is actually the uh, inspiration for the Lone Ranger because he was. Oh. Uh, he, he lived with the Native Americans for a long time, so. He could speak fluent, uh, maybe Choctaw. I forget what what um, what tribe it was that uh, he's fluent in, and so they they recruited him to be kind of a uh, part of a posse to go, you know, trying to trying to clean up the area there. And like it, it's like from Arkansas to Oklahoma, kind of all over that area. But it, it's good though. Like I really enjoyed the first few uh, episodes of it. I, I suggest anybody go give it a shot um i think new episodes are on sunday there's three out now so i'm i'm enjoying that so far right on yeah i'll check it out yeah so um i so the killer um came out on uh netflix it's a uh movie by david fincher about an assassin who uh misses a shot essentially and kind of the chaos that ensues after that and then he kind of makes his way back to his his home area, which I believe is the Dominican Republic. And his girlfriend, I guess, gets kind of hospitalized. And he goes on uh, essentially killing spree, going after everyone that um, could have had a, a, a hand in that act. Um, I, I need to rewatch it. Uh, but I thought it was fantastic. Um, definitely worth multiple watches i had like dogs and my dad came over for the weekend so there's like a lot of people a lot of talking including myself during the movie uh dogs were barking they want you know they're up and down i just hard to focus on every little tiny detail of that movie but i need to lock myself in a room and watch it again are you you telling me mep was it was here for the whole weekend you guys didn't even come by uh yeah i guess that's what i'm trying to tell you you know i it I'm not exercising the muscle of walking over to your house lately because of these, you know, these zoom calls that having these interactions with you without really even having to see you. I mean, I like it a lot better than, you know, walking over there, but <laughs> no, I kid, I kid, but um, yeah, you know, it just, you know, with the, with the remodeling we've been doing in the, in the, in our downstairs uh, in the office and the work that we've been kind of doing um, on trailers and stuff over the last few months, it's been tough to, you know, dig out the time um you know to to be a little bit more of a friendly neighbor so well we'll figure it out uh over the holidays i'll hopefully we'll have some time to kind of relax and enjoy the time um and get over there and maybe watch a sporting event with you 
There you go, man. There you go. Let's do it. Yep. All right. So let's herd some goats. Um, my good is Anthony Edwards. In these, I try to like we talk about a lot of good and bad things in the in the football games and players. So I don't want to duplicate that. So I try to come up with some other um, some other people, whether it's politics, the news, um, you know, other sports. I love basketball. You love basketball. So Anthony yes, Edwards is my good. He's turning into one of those top players. He's clamping down on people defensively. He's attacking. He looks like he is that guy. And I'm really excited to kind of see what he turns in. He has like that power, like, like Dominique Wilkins had, I don't know. It's just, and he just gives no Fs. He just is really like, I am me and I don't care if you like it. I'm coming. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, so my good, uh, Mike, was that the end of yours? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So my good is uh, Boye Mafe, Seattle Seahawks, linebacker slash DN, uh, breaks Michael Sinclair's streak of seven consecutive games with a sack for the Seahawks in his second year. Uh, good for he him. He just missed one on that touchdown pass. I thought he got at least his hand on that ball mm. um, towards the end of that game. That was, he gets in there quick in the back of the, in the, in the backfield. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, he's, you know, I remember seeing video of him cause I'm like a big draft nerd leading up to the, to the draft every year. Just a draft nerd. I mean, I'm a nerd regardless, but I'm a big time <laughs> draft nerd. Uh, so I went and, uh, I went and yeah, I saw some videos. Everybody was kind of linking him to the Seahawks a couple years ago. And I was like, okay. And so, I mean, some people even thought they were going to Put, take him in the first round and I was like man this guy he looks good I don't think he was first round good but I mean maybe he was because he's looking really nice right now good good job by him I do like watching him he's fun yeah. all right <clears throat> my bad is um the LA Clippers and the and James Harden that trade the Clippers are 0 and 5 since the trade um they have four ball dominant players in their starting five seems like an absolute mess um, maybe these guys start to work together and figure it out. Um, my guess is they're going to have to get rid of one of them since they just traded for, uh, <laughs> for hard. My guess is it's going to be, uh, Westbrook's got to be moved. So interested to see how this goes. They, they made a game of it yesterday, losing to the nuggets, uh, by three, I think it was three, 108, 111, but, um, but, uh, and, you know, Harden scored 21, but Westbrook just, not getting touches and I don't know it just seems like let's go back to my Tepper conversation and apply that to uh, the Clippers owner um, Steve Ballmer um, just stop trying to do this stuff and just build a team um, stop overpaying for these you know late in the career former all-star scorer like uh, ball dominant types man put together a team basketball doesn't work like this anymore. It seems right. It's not super teams anymore. It's, it's about having one or two players that can play and surrounding them with guys that can play defense and hit three point shots and, you know, defend at different levels. And these role players um, that are super necessary in the NBA right now, um, they really, really, really need to, to figure that out. And, Bomber, I know he's 
probably stuck in this weird idea of what it's supposed you know what nba is supposed to look like and um he didn't do very well of uh, of seeing the future when he was the ceo of microsoft i, I don't think this is going to end well either yeah that's... maybe like pardons the equivalent of a six billion dollar purchase of nokia than to just sell it off a few years later because it didn't work Right. So I'm waiting for that big thing to happen. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, All right, my, what you got for your bad? My bad is uh, there was a dust up on Twitter between uh, because somebody went and looked, and it appeared that Demar Hamlin, uh, the you know everybody knows who Demar Hamlin is the Buffalo safety that almost died last year in a game against Cincinnati, uh, that he was actually the man, the the twelfth man on the field against Denver in that where they uh on the will lutz missed field goal and uh somebody brought that up on twitter and buffalo fans were losing their ever-loving minds mike no oh, it wasn't it was not demar hamlin he didn't do that blah, blah, blah. it was like pretty clearly that it was demar hamlin uh that screwed up and was on the field at the wrong time so uh you know oh the 12th the 12th thing yeah okay it happens, man. We can't. Yeah, it does, man. We All can't the pacify. Time. Yeah, it happens. I make mistakes daily. Everybody. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Everybody. All right, my ugly. I am going to talk about a game. Um, it's the Jets versus um, Raiders. I was about halftime, and I was just like, "This game is so boring." It was like three and out, three and out, interception, you know, three yard run, and it, it was just like it sucked. And then apparently the, the box got tired too and basically changed the feed to Judge Judy, like automatically. And I was like, what the hell? My TV didn't even like the game. They're like, we can't, we can't watch this anymore either. We're turning into Judge Judy. I thought it was such like, like a, a freakish freak thing for it to be happening during that game. So that's my ugly. The game's so bad that the TV didn't even want to display it. I don't blame that TV one bit. Um, <laughs> before uh, before I get to my ugly, I just want to say, uh, please like, listen, rate, review, share the podcast. We appreciate everybody who does those things. And even if you don't, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, but my ugly is uh, Draymond Green choking out Rod- Rudy Gobert last night in, uh, in the NBA game. Um, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, it was all over two, Twitter. Two minutes into the game. Uh, and the fight actually started because J- Jaden McDaniels, who's a local high school basketball star from Federal Way, uh, was locking Clay Thompson down. And I think it must have been some bad blood from previous interactions because that guy, he, I mean, it was only two minutes into the game, got real heated. But uh, yeah, Draymond, man. Well, it was a box a out and a redirect. And they look like they got, you know, pushed, got to pushing and shoving and grabbing and holding. And, and then it just kind of spiraled from what I from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's my ugly man. Uh, but Draymond Green still like, I, he's got to be on the uh, Mount Rushmore of crazy athletes, um, crazy successful athletes, probably him, Dennis Rodman, Ron Artest. Mm. Yeah. Trying to think well, for the Mount Rushmore, but that's, that's great. Uh, I don't know. What about like, Steven, um, they have that podcast now. 
Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson's crazy. <laughs> pretty, Matt pretty crazy Barnes. Guy. Steven Jackson Matt, and Matt, Matt Barnes. Barnes. Maybe you could do like a side by side picture of them, or you know, like a they're one together. Well, well, the thing with Matt Barnes is I think he has a way of like working within the media to describe things. Like when I listen to him talking about a topic, it's very, it, it's, it's very. <laughs> I'm going to say articulate, but I don't mean it in that way. I mean, I just, he explains things in a way that is easy for the layperson to understand, especially the inner workings of basketball and uh, interpersonal relationships and things like that. It's very clear what he's trying to say. Steven Jackson, I think, is kind of the um, antithesis to that in a lot of ways with, you know, he is really just, um, I think he's the real deal. Tough guy. Not that Matt Barnes isn't a tough guy. Please don't come at me. But um, I just get a <laughs> seems like he has this little sanded down corners um, that more sanded down cororners than Stephen Jackson. <laughs> yeah. All that smoke. Look at yeah. listen to their podcasts and please, yeah. please don't tell him I said anything. Yeah. All right. I, I just really, really quickly look, you know, I had a, I got a notification on a tweet. Uh, rumors. Probably not true, but I'm just going to put it out there because it's fun. Um, leading candidate to land uh, Bill Belichick, L.A. Chargers. Ooh. That would be interesting. Let's stew on that. Maybe we have a deeper discussion about that. Maybe it slides into your question of the week next week. Uh, ponder that, uh, Jeremy. And uh, I think we're going to get out of here. Jeremy, I'm not a system player. I am the system. <laughs>